Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia. Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Welcome back, everybody, once again. Hi. Hey, so we, uh, you know, we've been gone from Chicago breweries for a while, and we're not going back quite yet. Not yet, no. (laughs) Um, I would guess it's because there's just an unlimited number of breweries all over the world, and we're going to jump around. And we like to travel. And we like to travel. We wind up picking up stuff in our our travels. And sometimes people bring us beer presents. Also Which we strongly encourage you to do. Strongly encourage, yes. So, in light of the enjoyment for travel, we're going to drink Mobcraft, which is from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes. And we're going to start out with uh, a beer called a Hopalypse. Yes, I've which screwed I said this up. Correctly you did. On the first recorded <laughs> I'm try. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> yes, it's got a scene with the dinosaurs dying off of a meteor shower. That is bleak. Which is kind of, uh, I kind of love the... The graphic on here but yes i have not had either of these beers okay so i want to throw that out there i have um been following mobcraft for a bit but okay i have thank you grabbed a handful when i see them here they do distro to the chicagoland area now um but i keep wanting to check out their space in milwaukee and have yet to do that so it's on our list well I just got a whiff of this beer when I poured it, and it smells really good. It's a hazy IPA. So I would encourage you to visit if it tastes as good as it smells. All right, let's do it. Mmm. Mmm. That's a good. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good IPA. Yeah, it's a little smoother. It doesn't quite have as much of like a citrusy kick no. as some do. Yeah. But that's never necessarily a bad thing. Mm-mm. I mean, like, I like on the side of citrusy, but this is really smooth, good, creamy level. It's, and It's even, like, the carbonation to it is kind of a nice balanced yeah. one. Like, mm-hmm. it's not overly bubbly, but it's not flat. And I think that lack of citrus actually makes you pay more attention to the texture of it yeah so yeah i like Mm. it it's a nice balanced hazy ipa it is this is good yeah i like it let me see the can real quick of course so this is one of their (laughs) flagships but they brew it seasonally um so you can't get it necessarily all the time but you will get be able to get it regularly like every year or Mm -hmm. whenever yeah i'm not sure if they do it a couple times a year but they do um they, they do do it regularly, and I'm assuming they will continue to do it. So let me talk a little about Mobcraft, which okay. is a super interesting brewery concept, I think, which is kind of what made me um, interested in them years ago. So they actually started in Madison in 2013. They are a 
crowdsourced brewery. Okay. So they didn't start with Kickstarter. They actually started with a crowdfunding through something called Craft Fund. Okay. So what effectively they did was they wound up getting 50 something co-owners um, all investing about $75,000 to get the company started. Wow. Um, so they started in Madison in 2013. They wound up moving to Milwaukee in 2016. Um, they actually just opened a location in Denver this year. Oh, They okay. have two more locations slotted to open by next year. One is in Woodstock, Illinois. Oh. Um, one is in Waterford, Wisconsin, and they hope to open a handful more in the next three years. Wow. Yeah. So super interesting concept. So yeah. when I say that this apocalypse uh, <laughs> um, is a flagship but seasonal, it started with an idea submitted by, and it says that's on the can, Nick Rasmussen. So how they're brewery first started was you submit an idea whether it's as simple as i want a stout that tastes like almond joy or it's a here's the recipe for the beer i want you to brew okay and they crowdfund it by putting them on their website up for a vote okay and people can vote for whatever beer and essentially each of those votes is a pre-order if that beer gets selected and gets brewed you've automatically bought a four pack of it oh if it doesn't, huh. you, you don't pay anything. Um, but so they still do this. They have wow. a bunch of flagship ones, but they also have ones that a handful of times throughout the year are up on their socials and people vote for them. And then whatever gets the most votes gets produced. Wow. And so the person who submits it then gets a VIP brew day to come and like watch it get brewed. And then you also get like a winner's party and you get free pours for the life of your beer at the brewery. Wow. That's so, so cool. Yeah. So you can submit ideas even now. You can go on their website and you can submit an idea and eventually huh. they'll probably have some sort of vetting that they put the top four or something like that up but i've definitely voted for beers before wow. um and they've so been cool. doing this for for years um it actually was on shark tank in 2016 <laughs> no one voted for it no one invested in it Aww. so they kept going on their own and they've expanded and clearly done well enough yeah um but yeah they were on shark tank and pretty much everybody was like I don't like beer. I'm not going to do this. And Mark Cuban was like, I drink Bud Light. And so. Oh my goodness. That is so depressing. <laughs> there was nobody at the time that was interested in investing in a craft beer idea, which was very unique. And it still is because I don't know of any other breweries that actually crowdsource their their beer recipes at this point. Right. But, um, but it's very cool. The fact that you can submit an idea that you think is unique and would be a good flavoring yeah. and you might get your beer brewed. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. So, um, and yeah, so I was excited too that they're expanding to Illinois. Um, yeah. Up in that area, we can go to Woodstock. We can stop at yeah. Huntley. Like, they're all close to that each other. That would work. I can do that. <laughs> an afternoon of brewery visits. But yeah, um, and I've had a handful of beers, neither of these, and they've all been pretty good. Like, some of them are very unique. They've had some unique combinations. Um, you can go on their website to see some of the winning ones over okay. the last few years that have been picked um, and see kind of what their flavor hmm. combinations are. And then you can also see ones that they have decided they're going to continue producing. So the Hopalypse 
was originally a crowdsourced idea okay. that must have done well enough yeah. that they decided to put it into a regular rotation. I so, like that. Yeah. I, th- I think it's just a really cool concept. Yeah. So It is. Yeah. That's so interesting. I had no idea yeah. that that was how they were set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it year, a handful of years ago, pre-COVID and everything. Um I mean, I don't remember if I saw it on Facebook or website mm-hmm. or maybe there, you know, they have a location. Their location in Milwaukee is really close to the Harley Davidson Museum. Okay. Um, and I think there's a distillery right there pretty close too. So like we drove by it oh, um, okay. and maybe, maybe I Googled it or something. I have no okay. idea or saw it in one of my travels to Milwaukee. But, um, but yeah, I just always thought it was really unique, like a very cool, yeah. you know, way of feeling like you can be part of this process. And right. It's it's pretty cool. So, anyways, Bob that crap. is pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to a rather serious topic. Yes. Sometimes we talk about fun things like vacation plans mm-hmm. and Halloween, and yes, sometimes yes. we talk about serious stuff like consequences. Consequences. And here we are talking about consequences. We are. And I like to think that there is literally always a perfect time to talk about consequences because there is always something that I have done or someone I care about has done that has yielded negative results. Yeah. There's consequences <laughs> to every every action pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. Good or bad. True. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, have I had success? Yeah, totally. But, you mm-hmm. know, there's definitely failure in there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to start by kind of talking about myself. I don't remember as a child having a lot of like uh, memories that were serious consequences for actions. I mm-hmm. mean, did I m- make mistakes? You know, yeah. Or did I ride around the block without when I didn't have permission sure, to do that? Sure. But And nothing per se bad happened other than I felt guilty about mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. Um, which is a consequence. Guilt. True. True. <laughs> yes. Um, But for the most part, I don't remember a lot of occasions when I was young where I kind of got hit with that consequence hammer. I feel like we've talked a handful of times so that we were both pretty good kids. Yeah, I I think I I don't want to say that I had like a good head on my shoulders. I think I just had a healthy appreciation for making good choices. Yeah. That's fair. Whether I always did or didn't, I knew that it was the right move. Yeah. And so most of the time, I think I just did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, as an adult, have a couple of occasions that have come up repeatedly where I kind of hit consequences. Uh, one of them is when I was in law school. This is mm. a very specific example. But once when I was in law school, I started getting excluded by some of my friends mm-hmm. when they would make plans outside of class. Sure, sure. And I confronted one of them once, and he was just like, well, we always invite you and you never come. Hmm. And I was really upset, hmm. and I stopped talking to him, and we didn't really ever talk again. Um, we ultimately reconnected on social media eventually. Sure, but... And I feel perfectly good about him as a person now. But at the time, I was kind of like, how dare you decide that I shall not hang out with you? Mm. And then I realized eventually, at some point, that, you know, if you invite someone over and over and over again and they never come, you're just going to give up because you're going to assume they don't want to hang out. Yeah. I mean, why should you fight them? I, I, yeah, that's. 
Right? You I mean, you've done it, right? Have you done that before? I've probably done that before where I've made efforts. I know I have. I I've made efforts agree. with people. We talked about that with friendship and mm-hmm. many other times. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can only make so much effort with a person before you start to think, am I chasing them? Do they want Correct. to be around me? Do you want to actually be in my my world, my Maybe life? I should let you go. And yes. I think that it was possible at the time when I was in law school my husband and I were dating, but we didn't live near each other. So mm-hmm. a lot of times on weekends, he yeah. would visit. Right. But not always. No. Yeah. But on the weekends where he did visit, I certainly, we never really did anything else. He would come over mm-hmm. and we would maybe go out for a dinner or something. But we didn't really go out a lot. You, you know, it was just time for us to spend time with together. another group. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, on those occasions, I did not go out and socialize Mm -hmm. with my law school friends. And I think it made an impact on some of them. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, at different times of your life or my life or people in general, you're not as self-aware of some of those things Uh until you kind of look back and think, oh, like, okay, that there was, there was a, that was the consequence to an action or a statement or something. But when you are in that moment, you don't really realize that necessarily until after. Absolutely. But, it took me a very long time mm-hmm. to realize that it wasn't totally irrational for yeah. my friend to respond this way. Yeah. Yeah. A very long time. And, and I kind of feel bad about it now because he was a perfectly nice person. And mm-hmm. I kind of just like waved him off at that point. Sure. Yeah. And, and you could have... Sometimes, you know, the consequence of this whole thing, later you may feel guilty for not reacting differently when you had that conversation or presented with that reasoning. In this particular case, I mean, he was very forthcoming and polite about it. He wasn't like, oh, I don't want to hang out with you anymore because you're just going to ignore me. He wasn't argumentative or rude. He was just like, well, I just feel like most of the time we invite you out, you don't come. Yeah. That's fair. And I was just like, oh. And then and you he's just never hung right. out. He was yeah. kind of right, and I feel bad about that. Yeah. And that's, it cost me a friend mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Because for a variety of reasons. One, because I didn't try to repair that. Right. And two, because he was right. Yeah. I was yeah. excluding myself a lot. Mm. Mm. So it was an interesting, for me, that was a good example of my consequences, you know, kind of yeah. catching up to me. Uh, in general, I feel like I tend to commit to too much and then end up overwhelmed or disappointing someone. But we talked about double booking ourselves, which is a very mild example of that, where you like, oh yeah, I'm going to be there for that. And then you realize you already have something and then you ultimately have to tell somebody you're not going to be there. Right. Yeah. We've, we've all done that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that for me, um, I think that I run into a situation where I'm trying to, do everything perfectly or I'm trying Mm. to satisfy everyone. I'm trying to make everyone happy. I'm worried too much about that. Yep. And as a result, when I run into a situation where someone's like, Hey, can you do this thing? And logistically it would be an absolute nightmare for me to do that thing. Yes. I have a hard time just being like, ah, that's not going to work out for me because I would rather like potentially screw it up. Then, then say no. Say no mm. on occasion. Sure. I'm, I think I am better about that. I think there are a lot of times now where when someone is like, hey, can you do this thing? 
I will be like, I got to think about it. And yeah. I will give myself a moment or several to decide to whether, realize it's a whether or not I'm uh-huh. capable of what they're asking. Yeah. No, that's, I think that for a good period of time, I was very bad about saying yes to everything. Um, and the consequences of that were a handful of things. But I think that one in, for our family, it was negative, especially once we had kids, because they can't keep up with that pace. Yes. And my oldest would melt down because he can't do that many things in a period of time. It's just not possible. Right. And I think that doing that a number of times and living through the negative consequences of that, I learned, and that's really also a big thing about consequences is, it's a very great opportunity to learn from the things that you did that caused those consequences. Yeah, when you can finally nail down yes. how you got here. Yeah. Is a pretty adult lesson to learn. And I'm just getting there. Like, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it took me 40 years and I'm getting better at it. But definitely I, I am getting better at it. But there was a period of time that we definitely, and even my husband was like, there's just, there's too much. Yeah. And I agree. And I, I took that personally at first. Cause I was like, well, I want to be able to do all these yeah, things, but, what, but I want to do that. But Correct. I want to do all of that. And even if I want to do something, Jeff Goldblum doesn't mean that I should mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. because you can, and can is relative. doesn't mean that you should. Um, and I think that goes for a lot of different things. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And there are negative consequences even when you don't think that there will be. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think occasionally that's where the lesson part comes in. Because yeah. I think sometimes when you commit whatever it is that you've committed that's going to end up with this negative mm-hmm. consequence, that you're not at that moment realizing the potential negative yes, consequences. And true. so you're sort of like, I'm going to go off and I'm going to do whatever, do whatever yeah. this thing is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll give an example. I tend to hang out with a friend of mine on Friday evenings. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's very low key. She'll come over, we'll sit, we'll have a couple beers, we'll hang out. Most of the time, not always, but a lot of the time it, it gets very late. Mm. And... When my son was playing soccer, Saturday mornings would roll around. And I would have gone to bed very late and woken up pretty early. And have to, like, adult. And have to, like, get somebody else out the house and on a soccer field and then sit in what was usually either too cold or too hot weather uh, and watch an hour of soccer. Yeah. While possibly hungover but definitely Definitely overtired yes (laughs) and that was a very simple classic consequence Mm -hmm. with a problem that you know where the night before when i was hanging out with my friend and we were having a couple of drinks and it was getting to be one in the morning in my head i was just like i feel fine right now right not thinking about what you'll feel like in a handful of hours. Yeah, yeah. a very small handful of hours. <laughs> I am still really bad at that, like staying yeah. up late and not being like, oh, I should go to bed. Well, I'll think to myself, oh, I should go to bed, but I don't listen to that internal yes. monologue that I should, and then I pay for it the next day. And that, that will probably always continue to happen periodically, not every day, but I definitely always make that mistake. And yeah. I guess that's a consequence I'm willing to accept periodically. <laughs> Yeah. 
I have trouble sleeping. It's no mm, secret. Sure, sure. And I've, uh, I try a variety of things to help me sleep. And one of the things that works the best uh, is not going to bed too early. Oh, if yeah. I get into bed too early, oh, yeah. I will be up forever before yeah. I fall asleep. Much longer than I would be if I stayed up a little bit later. I so, could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my, it used to be one of my biggest problems okay. when I started in the working world, when I stopped going to law school and I was kind of consistently on the same schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, there would come a time in the evenings where I would say to myself, oh, I should go to bed. Sure. It's 1030. I'm yeah. supposed to go to sleep now. And my body was not ready mm-hmm. to go to sleep, yeah. and especially on days where you don't like physically do a whole lot. I mean, if your job isn't super physically demanding, right? you're not you physically might not tired be tired enough. yet. Yeah. Your yeah. body's just not there yet. And no, so you it. lay down and you just lay there. And it was one of my biggest problems mm. for the longest time. And I ended up going to a sleep specialist, and it was the first thing he had me do before I even came in for the appointment was to keep a log of my sleep. And he was like, I want you to write down what time you get into bed and approximately what time you fall asleep. And he's like, obviously, you you don't don't always know, but but you know what time it was the last time you You looked looked at at the the clock. clock. Or you have an idea of how long you maybe laid there before you fell asleep. Sure. So you're going to write down what time you got into bed and what time you fell asleep and what time you woke up and what time you got out of bed. Because, you know, what if you laid there for a while, you know, whatever. And so I did that for two weeks before even having my appointment. And he looks it over. I spent 10 minutes with this guy. And he goes, I know your problem and I can fix it. And he is like, you're getting into bed too early and you're not and that and you're just laying there. You need to go to bed later. And I started going to bed later, and for a very, very long time, it was all I needed to do to get huh. better sleep. And I I still do that, sure. Uh, especially when I've had occasions where I haven't slept well for, you know, because I can't shut my brain off, which yeah. is my that, main that's issue, the now. issue now. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm an adult now, and back then I was still kind of not an adult. Yeah, there wasn't as many responsibilities on your mind yeah. at that time. Yes. But even, even now, as an adult, where I feel like my brain is in overload all the time. Yeah. If I do force myself to stay up kind of late, I will write myself a lot of times huh. that way. Okay. So there are times where I'll be up and it'll be very late and I have to work the next morning, but, and yeah. I may have a long day, the next day might be long and I might be tired, but I'll kind of correct myself okay. by doing that rather than, Trying to just lay down every single time I even get a little bit sleepy. Right. And then you're up. It's it's an interesting unintended consequence of uh, trying to do something that you uh-huh. think yeah. is the right thing. But in reality, for you, is actually the wrong I know. thing. It's a very turned around example, but it is definitely something that I had to though. be aware of yeah. what I was doing to kind of figure out what the consequence was going well, and to And there's be. all kinds of unintended consequences in life, too, that you oh, don't realize sure. yeah. until, you know, that point where you're getting going, getting the consequences. And you're like, oh, I, I didn't realize well, that was a possibility. Yes. Well, and as a person who tends to put her foot in her mouth... <laughs> I get a lot of that. I uh, uh, occasionally will say something that in my brain did not sound rude at oh, all. Oh, yeah. I've totally done that. And then it comes out as not very nice. Or And I've given this example, I think, even on the podcast when we were in high school. We were trying out for the softball team. Mm. 
and our friend Jamie uh-huh. did not make the team, and we oh, did yeah. make the team. And I remember being with her. The three of us were all together uh-huh. after finding out, and she was very upset. Sure. Reasonably so. And you were comforting her like a normal human being <laughs> and a friend. And I was just like, there, there. Sorry. And she was very upset about how I handled that situation. And for me, it was a it was a huge learning experience. And I think about it all the time, even now. I bet you, I, I won't say she doesn't remember that because she probably Who does knows? remember yeah. not making the softball team. I would think you would remember. Sure. Um, but I wonder sometimes, I should just ask her. If, you, if her she remembers that, that. But I wonder sometimes if she reaction. remembers that incident being kind of a divisive element in our friendship because oh. we didn't really stay yeah. friends after that. Huh. Yeah, interesting. And uh, I, I think about that moment. And what I've learned from how I, how I treat Reacts. my friends yeah. and how, uh, what it usually means is when I start to become friends with somebody, I eventually lay it out on the table for them Be that like, I'm not good right. in emotional situations <laughs> and that if something bad happens to you, you are I not do the first care person about you, yes, <laughs> to go but for I comfort. don't say it well. <laughs> And that's I hope you fair. will forgive me when those moments happen because they do. <laughs> that, that's reasonable. I've definitely put my foot in my mouth, though, not necessarily in the not knowing how to have empathy, but in the things come out not how they like how the my filter brain doesn't click yes, on the right away doesn't work or you know in that thing i'd be like oh well, at least you don't have to go to practice tomorrow or something dumb yeah, like right? that like that would be what i would say sure, like right and it'd be some combination of sarcasm and something else that i've realized over time that i am very very sarcastic and not everyone really gets they don't get that, that or they aren't so that's not like they just don't respond well yeah so yeah it is tricky sarcasm is is definitely one of those things that can yield some negative consequences and and that's like my normal mode of communication like throughout just life yeah no i uh i find myself being sarcastic a lot yeah and i get exactly what you're saying because most of my foot in mouth situations like that are for me, sarcasm for sure where i would say something where i'm just like didn't you know and they're just like whoa yeah and they look appalled at you yeah and i'm like it was i was kidding joke yeah not, it was a joke i was click joking. yeah my daughter is really good or was for a period not as much anymore and she looks at me and she goes that's sarcasm and i'm like i love it yes Yes, it is. <laughs> she like very to, good for a period. She would point it out every day, and I was like, "Aren't you tired of pointing out every time yeah. that I'm sarcastic?" Because... My uh, on a totally different note, my son for just like a couple of weeks, there were a couple of occasions where we would have family gatherings. Either we went, to, I think, it was somebody's birthday once, and then we like went out to dinner another time a few days later, and then, and it was like two or three times in a row within a week or so and for some crazy reason he thought it was a good idea to point out that i was drinking alcohol (laughs) at these occasions and so someone would like pour me a glass of wine and we would be at like my brother's house yeah and he would go you're drinking again (laughs) and i would just look at him like dude what you are saying makes it sound like I already like, drank I have a today. problem. Like, yes. 
Yeah. Why are you doing that? And at one point, eventually, because like I had the glass of wine or whatever, and then like my sister-in-law opened another bottle of wine. Sure, yeah. And he came in and made another little Again. snarky comment. And I was like, can I speak with you in the other room? And I took him aside and I went, stop pointing out that I'm drinking. I am not drinking too much. Right. I have not had a drink today yet this right. is a get together i had one glass of wine i am drinking a second glass of wine we are going to be here for three more hours we haven't had dinner yet i'm gonna be fine yes you gotta dial it back on the sarcasm man yeah yeah <laughs> that's that yeah that's an unintended consequence of me being sarcastic is having sarcastic yes. children oh, very oh. much so because my oldest is very sarcastic. they learn from from us very much yeah <laughs> So now I want to talk a little bit more about my kids and their consequences. Yeah. So my one son uh, has kind of had a lot of this, and it's all the same underlying theme. Okay. Uh, he kind of doesn't really prioritize being on time okay. to things. And every once in a while, I kind of wish he would show up at whatever activity he was going to, whether it was school or karate or sports or practice or whatever the thing is and the person would kick him out because he's late when i was in law school if you were late to class you weren't even welcome you got kicked out if you were not prepared you got kicked Mm -hmm. out and judging by how expensive law school classes were you did not want to get kicked out you paid a lot of money for that class if you did the math and broke down the individual class cost it was way too much to get kicked out. right yeah i get it i feel like nowadays though i've seen this as a problem with my children with my friends children that there aren't as many consequences for our kids whether that be in school or in sports or extracurricular extracurriculars mm-hmm. or any of that as i feel like there were when we were kids right like i feel like in activities again even when we played like softball or things like they were hard on us yeah like we were running laps we were doing Man, things I like i got yelled at yeah like on a regular basis i will say my son's lacrosse coach yells a lot i think you've mentioned that before which his son is also on the team so he yells a lot at his son <laughs> but he also yells at the other kids which i'm i'm totally fine with but like there's been a handful of times my daughter has a child in her class this year who was in my son's class last year every day they come home and are like so-and-so i'm gonna call him johnny that's not his name at all um got sent to the office again oh he got a red card again oh he's distracting oh i can't focus oh i to the extent that i wrote an email to the teacher because they had their desks moved and my daughter was placed next to him again oh and she was so excited that she was going to be moved away from him and she's like i can't focus he's always distracting or in my face or whatever and she's like he gets sent to the office all the time and i'm like okay if a kid gets sent to the office once a week twice a week like there needs to be something else that happens an intervention like of some kind and this is we're in october it's been months like if you get sent to the office once a week on like for that long like there's clearly not enough consequences to make him not do what he's doing Yes. 
So that's a very good example. But I, like I said, I do kind of wish, and I'm sure that if I asked sure. the karate teacher to make like to to, to give make him an, a little tough love, right? That he would do it. Yeah. Like I could approach him one week and be like, "Listen, next week if we walk in and he's later than thirty seconds, yeah." I want you to kick him out. You have my permission to kick him out. I would be fine. Tell him with to that. go home, and yeah. I will take him home, and there will be no issue. I will not. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not com- going to yell I'm at you. I'm not complaining. Yes, I will just be like, "You heard him. Let's go." Yeah, I guess you don't want to do this activity anymore. Right. If you can't get here on time, and again, with probably at that age, they don't know if it's the parents or the kid. Right. Potentially, but if it's the kid. They need to have some sort of... Honestly, at that point, I would probably... If I were the teacher, I would say that anyways, because the parents need to be accountable as well. Absolutely, If the yeah. kid can't drive themselves. You're right. You're right. But, and I feel that way. Yeah. And like... I, but I also... You know, because my son is reaching that point where we're trying to have him pick up the reins... Yes. Yeah. ...on more responsibility. He's at the age that he should be, honestly. Yeah. That there are times where I give him a little bit more tough love yeah. on you know on things you know he gets up we had dinner this evening and he gets up and he comes over and he's sitting he stands right in my face at the dinner table to talk to me and i honestly don't remember what he said to me and i was like get give, back yeah. in your get away from my face give me some space and that's literally yeah. what i said i said get away from me and my mother is sitting across from me, and of she's, course. like, horrified that I just said that. And I'm like, yeah, well, you didn't hear what he shouted in my face right before he... Right, right yeah. before I said it. Yeah. And he wasn't offended by me telling him to go sit back down. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there are opportunities to hold him more responsible. Yeah. And I want to take those opportunities. And, and even my... I mean, my little one has a lot of that he's a very emotional kid yeah and i feel like we still do kind of like basically timeouts with him as a result okay because when he gets out of hand when he starts yelling we will separate him from the situation he, and put he, him away yeah he needs to calm down at yes. that point yeah. and so for him we still sort of do stuff like that whereas with my older son a lot of it has to do with like kind of keeping track of your responsibilities and and keeping that sort of thing together in yeah, a reasonable self-regulation way. is really like at at the age he's at he needs to start learning that at stuff. least start yeah. and experience some consequences yeah we had a little bit of that he uh had a book report due okay and a couple of weeks before, the teacher sent out an email and just said, hey, by the way, with the first quarter book report is due on XYZ date. Sure. And this was a few weeks early, and I go, oh, a few weeks before the date. And so I asked my son, oh, what book are you reading for the book report? How far along are you? Are you almost done with it? Have you been working? It's like a little packet. Okay. It's got vocabulary, and it's got other oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, And it's, it's pretty structured. It's not like just a free-form write-up oh, okay. of what so the book is he about. He knows what he needs to do. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty straightforward. Um, and I'm like, oh, you know, how's it coming along? And he's like, oh, I'm pretty far in the book, and I've started working on the book report. Okay. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Yeah. And then the week of... I'm like, how much of the book do you have left? I'm sorry. It might have been two days before. It might have sure. been really early, like right before. Okay. He's not even close to done with the oh, book. Oh, jeez. 
And I'm just like, how do you expect to finish this book and finish this book report in two days? You're not going to be able to do it. And he's like, well, I'll read most of it. (laughs) Well, is most of it going to get you an A on this book report? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. That's not how it works. (laughs) And it isn't how it works. I'm not going to say what grade he got. It wasn't that bad, but it wasn't an A. Yeah. And I was like, at one point, he said something because... One time last year, we were trying really, really hard to get him to to be a little bit more motivated. Yeah. And I told him if he got 100% on his math test, 100, not 98, not 93, yep. 100, I would give him $100. Oh. 100%, you get 100 bucks. Okay. Anything less, you get nothing. Yeah. And every test All after this test, if you get less than 100, you owe me the dollar amount difference. Oh, I like it. So if you get a 93 on the next test, you owe me $7. You better have my money. Huh. Uh, all right. And it worked really well. Huh. It worked really well for him. He did very well. Okay. And I, hey, I think I works. only, in the, in the rest of the school year, I think I only got like four or five bucks back wow. from him. He okay. did really well. All right. And so he got this book report, and he also got a test from another class, and he had gotten a 95 on the test. And he goes, I got a 95. Can I have $95? And I was like, no. The the 100 is for 100. Yeah, that's not how this works. There's no $95 agreement. No. There's a $100 agreement. I will give you $100 for every test you get 100 on from your different classes, and then we can start from there. But until that happens... You will not get any money from me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't have any hundreds yet. So I haven't had to give him any money yet. We're a couple months in. We'll see. He might turn it around. But that was a positive consequence that worked out for him last year. And that I would be happy to duplicate. Okay. Um, I often think about that with driving, how I worry about my kids learning how to drive. And, like, what am I going to do to keep them from, like, killing somebody in a car? Yeah, that's terrifying. And I often think, you know, maybe what I would do is offer to give them some crazy sum of money when they turn 18 if they avoid being stopped by the police for any reason Uh. between 16 and 18. Like, you don't get pulled over. You don't get arrested. You don't do anything like that. No tickets, no moving violations. Two grand to take with you to college. Free money right off the bat. I mean, if All you gotta do is financially motivated. It's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I don't know. I'll think and about that. And maybe there's another concept. Maybe there's another motivation that works better than giving them a little pile of cash. I mean, that is pretty motivating for I most would do people. It. I mean, so for for if you were like, hey, if you could not get pulled over for two years, dude, I'll I will give you two grand. Totally, I would never get pulled that. over I, again. Ever. Yeah. I would take the two grand every year. Yeah. Totally. I'm totally <laughs> in for that one. I, w- I was just thinking as we were talking about kids and school stuff. So my son, uh, like two weeks ago, he comes home and he's like, oh, I'm going to run for class president. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, if you need us to do anything, let us know. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I got it. And like the next day, he's like, oh, I didn't win. And I was like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what? were you supposed to write a speech? And he's like, yeah, the girl who won, like she had signs and she wrote a speech. And I was like, oh my so you did nothing. Which is why you didn't win. He's like, well, you know, I was like third in votes. And I was like, third is nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you're not even the vice president of the class. Like, I'm like, but you did nothing to get it. And if you would have put forth some effort, maybe you would have won. Maybe you wouldn't have. But at least you would have known that you put in the effort to try. 
If you don't even do that, then you never know. Well, and that's what I said to my son about the book report. I was like, you know, the grade that you got on the book report, if you had read the entire book and gotten this grade, I would be pleased. It yeah, would be fine. Because you did the work. Yes. Yeah. But you didn't even finish the book. Right. So there was no chance that you were going to get 100% right. on this book because report. You, there was no way that was going to happen. You didn't do all the work. Because you missed a crucial element. A fixable problem existed. Yes. Yes. And he was just like, yeah, I guess so. And I was like, bring home the next book for the next book report and get it done. Yeah. Finish I, reading it. I've talked to both of my kids of late in terms of that. Like, if you don't prepare, then there is likely a negative consequence that's going yes. to happen. And if there's not, it's because you got lucky. It's right? going to catch up with you eventually. Yep. Life is not... Life is not like that. Like, I say this a lot to my kids, not that particularly, but I'm like, that's not how life works. Yep. Eventually, your luck is going to run out and something negative is going to happen because you did not do what you were supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. for a while, maybe that works out okay. Right. Like, we skated through something as in our childhood and our lives. Everybody does it at some point. But at some point, it catches up with you. At some point, something you either did or something you didn't do catches up with you. It always does. If you think that, oh, I got away with that, you're just waiting for when it's actually going to happen. Yeah, you're probably just not done with it yet. It's going to come back. Like, it always comes back. Karma is there. It's going to come back and get you. Whether it's tomorrow or next year, you're going to have a consequence to whatever you did or or didn't do that you should have. So I've been trying to instill this in my children. uh, And I'm sure that it won't really solidify until something negative does occur from like the my kid didn't really care about the class president thing so that to him wasn't important but once there's something that is important that they miss or they miss out on or they they don't get then hopefully it does solidify hopefully it's not that bad right but i feel like a lot of lessons come from like we said earlier those negative consequences at some point and you just hope that they're not as significant as some might be. Right. So, all right. Well, I'm going to open this. We can let's, continue. But. Let's drink our second beer. Okay. So this suffer those consequences. is uh, <laughs> one love bunt cake, Belgian style quad brewed with honey, then aged in rum barrels, fermented with raisins, cherries, and vanilla. This is a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, that's a lot for my brain to process. This I is, don't even know what this yeah, is Yeah, we're just going like. to taste it. This is one of the crowdsourced ones. So Mitch Bruckert from Waukesha, Wisconsin, submitted this idea. Um, so this is not something that likely will be around forever. Okay. Unless it does very well, and who knows. But this is one of the crowdsourced series that won the votes. So, I haven't had a quad in a while. Yeah, me neither. Right? Hmm. That's a lot of flavor. Just a a lot. It's a lot in my mouth. I taste the cherry. Yes, I get cherry. It's very tart. I think I taste some honey. Yeah, Um, maybe honey. Okay, rum barrels. Okay, I get that. I get the the rum. rum. I, of course, don't get vanilla because, you know, that's me. Yeah, what's vanilla? Um, But 
<laughs> definitely the cherry is kind of maybe overwhelming raisin? to me. Maybe yeah, raisin maybe. and the tail end there. I'm getting a little bit of that like um, like earthy sweetness. Okay. I don't know. I mean, if you asked me what was in this beer I would without have telling me, no idea. I, I maybe would say cherries. Cherry because of the tartness. Yeah. I think I would say cherry. But all the rest of it is just a lot. There's so many things. And you know what? It's cool. And I actually it's unique. together it's I enjoy the flavor. But I like I poured myself I poured it into a pint glass and I poured myself about two and a half inches. Yeah. This is plenty. Agreed. I think this is a little overwhelming for my taste buds right yeah, now. Yeah. I be agree. Honest. And you know, I mean we didn't slam ten of these hop no, yeah. hopotomous. <laughs> hopotomous, I like that. Hopotomous. Hopocalypse. A hopolips. A hopolips. Okay. We did not drink. We didn't even split a whole can of that. No. So we're not. I feel like we're not being very convincing, but rest assured. Yeah. And they're 12 ounces, guys. They're not even 16. Yeah, we didn't drink 12 beers and then drink the beer. I think all their cans are 12 ounces, too. Oh, okay. Um, Well, what I've seen in distro, at least. I don't know about there. But this one just, the cherry tartness, I'm definitely getting... Totally. The rum, I actually think I'm getting a little bit of that. Yeah. But I think I maybe get a little bit of rum. I don't think I would have picked it out if you wouldn't have told me. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that is because it's been a while since we've had a quad. So there's a part of you that probably True. doesn't remember all of the elements of a quad. That's And for fair. me, what I do remember from quads is that it's a it's more of a sweeter, heavier yeah. bodied Which it is. Beer. Rather than like, like when you drink some stouts and porters and things like that, obviously they do have sweetness to them at times, but most of the time they're more on the milky or creamy or heavier, you know, body uh, side of things than necessarily being sweet by themselves. I don't think most stouts really are very sweet by themselves. Most of them are the adjuncts. Like the adjunct is what makes a stout sweet to to me most of the time. This, you're right, this... I I actually kind of like the sweetness to it. I feel like the cherry tartness cuts some of the sweetness. Mm -hmm. So it's not overwhelmingly sweet, but I do feel like it is a flavor bomb. Like, lots of stuff going on. Might have some... um heartburn later from this one be careful (laughs) that's fair it's a very interesting beer yes i mean am i glad that i tried it i totally am oh yeah but i don't need to drink a lot of this beer this would be a good thing to bring to like a share oh yeah with like five or six people and give everyone like a shot worth yeah that would be cool you could do that yeah i it's it's definitely interesting i'm i'm picking out some of the things i do feel like it's it's a lot of flavor to me yes um and I, you're right. I haven't had a quad in, in, in a bit. Yeah. So. Well, not a lot of breweries make quads. Yeah. Yeah. So. Huh. It's interesting. I mean, I'm glad we tried it. Me so. too. And glad we had some Mobcraft. That was such a fun yeah. origin story. I think it's a very unique, cool, cool brewery concept. I agree. So. Yeah. Really awesome. Cool. I like it. All, All right. right. See you guys next time. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week, and cheers to you all. 